podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Anfield Rap. Liverpool Football Club are top of the Premier League with only seven matches to play and with a Champions League quarter-final tie against Porto to come, April and May could very well be some of the most enormous months in the club's modern history. To get excited about all of that, I am Dan Austin and with me are Jay McKenna, Lizzie Doyle, Paul Senior and Rob Gutman. It might still be nearly a week away, but we're going to be looking forward to the Tottenham Hotspur match at Anfield on Sunday. We're also going to be having a chat about uh, the upcoming return of... Joe Gomez and Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, the form of Mohamed Salah and Sadio Mane, and a bit more chat about the title because we can't really get away from that now, can we? Uh, the show is, as ever, in association with Red's Bet. They had a bookmaker with a twist in the half of their profits. That is to say, your losing bets are donated to fan causes. So if you already gamble, maybe consider doing it with them. But please do make sure to gamble in a safe and responsible manner. Now, Rob, what did you do with your free weekend from the international break? I got out of town, mate. There's no, there's no point being in Liverpool for the footy. No, that's not true. Um, I definitely didn't watch any Legends games and I didn't watch any international football. Fair enough. I thought about the title. I had a big think about the title race, Dan. Did you? I do that most days. Paul, did you do anything nice? <laughs> yeah, I did Chester Zoo away. Um, oh, the two days. Beans away Zoo. day. That two days? Two, two days, days, yeah. So, uh, no dates. Yeah. No, no dates, Mr. Paul, <laughs> d- doing these away. No, you got to do it properly. I can't believe you've cheated, cheated Chester Zoo like a European away. <laughs> ten, ten, ten minutes from ours, but why not? <laughs> what did you kip over? <laughs> <laughs> so we went and did uh, one side of the zoo one day, and then we went and did the islands bit on the second day. It was belter. That's a, that's a good time. Jay, do anything nice for there? Uh, no, I didn't think about footy as much as possible, really. Uh, I did see Paul putting on Instagram as uh, it's just as you aware. <laughs> <laughs> didn't re- didn't realise it was a two day. I like it. I thought, you know, he's subjecting himself to it for a day, but his, his Paul Senior doing two days in Chester Zoo. Why not? You've got there's a lot to say. Lizzie, do, do you enjoy <laughs> the break? Well, sorry. Do you enjoy the break without the reds? Or do you no, find it all going? I, I did find it all going. I went to watch some non league football. I went to watch City Liverpool. Was it good? Yeah, it was decent. Who, who, oh, that who went goal. viral this weekend, yeah. didn't he, with the, uh, um, the, the halfway the goal, line from uh, Carl Clare? Unreal, the, the first goal they scored, but it was a dead interesting game. They were 1-0 up uh, and then 2-1 down and then they come back to, to win 3-2 with a pen. So uh, the shed, as it's called, went off. And that sort of cures a little bit of an itch, but Sunday I was just twiddling my thumbs again. Well, well um, better than England versus the Czech Republic. I definitely of it. did not watch. I watched 10 minutes of, of Scotland and, and then it turned off again. And I think I put like, you know, the, that posh antique show with Fiona Bruce. <laughs> Question time. <laughs> sort of like that. Uh, we've got to talk about the international break a bit because as much as, as none of us have really got an interest in, in what the nations are getting up to, lots of Liverpool players are involved. Uh, quick breakdown on it, the likes of uh, Ginny Wijnaldum, Virgil van Dijk and Bell Woodburn were all on the score sheet for their respective national teams. Uh, no one so far has come back with an injury or has been mentioned as, as having taken a knock. There are obviously still games yes. to go. England's are still playing. Um, so Dejan Lovren's got some minutes under his belt. Jordan Henderson's played a full match for England as well on a little return. Paul, I think very little happening. No one coming back with a knock and a, and a few players getting a bit of rhythm back into them is pretty much the best that you can ask for that's, as a Liverpool supporter from an international that's break. That's the dream, isn't it? The, um, an international break you don't really know about because nothing happened and no one got injured. And obviously the, the two the two Dutch lads got goals. It's mad the way they always seem to score for Holland. But I know obviously Van Dijk's been scoring a bit recently, but Wijnaldum's like on fire for Holland, but never for us. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that. No injuries. I'm coming back to what looks like a pretty much full squad. 
I've been enjoying uh, most of Laz International break on yeah. Instagram. He's done it right, hasn't he? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, like a bounty advert. It's yeah. just... It's Barbados just a, away yeah, or something. Well, better than the fucking zoo, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he adds it on this. Paul Seeney at the zoo the next day. In Barbados, the next day. Because Mo's going around the chimpanzee enclosure, can't you? <laughs> he hasn't seen a sea lion show, though. No, well, that's so, it, mate. who's the real winner? Well, that's, you know, I've always got one, one foot ahead. <laughs> I was just... I made up that Mo had a proper holiday. Do you know what I mean? I thought, don't make him play behind closed doors crappy fixtures against Reading reserves or something just to have a proper rest and, and come back better than ever I think, I think they, they all done that didn't they, Milner, Do they, they, they I know Milner had tweeted they'd been in Dubai for like mm-hmm. a week they've given themselves some rest really? and I, I think and even the players who've gone and played football you know have, have got minutes as you say as Lovren and I think they'll have gotten something out of it they, you know mm-hmm. I'd imagine Van Dijk's one of them he doesn't do sitting on a beach he's like let me go and play football. Yeah. One Aldam's in a run of form that like you want him to keep playing football as much as possible. You don't want to break that up. But, you know, I think, I think, you know, Paul said there, I think I'm genuinely looking forward to the idea that they've all, in a way, and we've had it as fans, I think we've probably been a bit lucky with the title of, title talk of, we've had sort of little breaks along the way, Munich and then international breaks and Champions League football and then another international break where it's also, and no FA Cup and the like, where, it just stopped us getting a bit too kind of way. So everyone just took a bit of a you know a breath, and then we go back now, obviously, to a huge game and you know big week for us with, with with City having two games. So I think you know that might be good for the players as well. I think that you know those who've gone and concentrated on international footballers, or the others who've just gone and sat off on a beach for a week, you know they'll come back refreshed and thinking of Liverpool then, and that's it then for the rest of the season. It's us, it's us and them. So I hope like Salah was walking past a couple of palm trees and the coconuts dropped down, and he just put it between two. Yeah, of them. yeah. Do you know what I mean? He just found, found that little holiday <laughs> goal. Turns <laughs> off to celebrate, and no one thinks <laughs> Slotted one in at the near post of the palm tree. That's yes, it. Yeah. Lalana's yeah. been swimming with pigs. That's not a sentence I expected to hear. I didn't know whether that was like a description of of something else that occurred, an analogy or a metaphor. No, Lalana is genuinely. Is that a thing that people do? Like swimming with dolphins? Dances with wolves. There's just pigs swimming in the water, and Lalana's been swimming with pigs. He hasn't like gone to Crosby Bats and like they've let like rice I was going to say, did their real sun centre was reopen them? Listeners from real have just switched off in their throws. Well, Lizzie, a few of the other ones that should have been playing international football have stayed at home and not swam with pigs because uh, <laughs> they had the black injuries so yeah Trent Alexander-Arnold Andy Robertson went and played against San Marino but I think that's pretty much a rest uh, as far as you can get one in, a, in an actual game of footy Got a uh, Shaitan stayed off from Switzerland duty as well uh, it should have done them players uh, maybe not Shaqiri so much but certainly the two fullbacks to have had at least a bit of a rest in Robertson's case good because they will be playing Apart from the game that Robertson is bound for, every single game between now and the end yeah. of the season, all being well, they he, he can't miss another game other than that. Um, first, like Robertson, ideally, anyway, he just so the the break for him is good. I also think the break for Naby is good. You know, Naby hasn't played. I think uh, he picked up a little bit of an injury, which sort him out of the the Bayern squad. Um, and yet, the, I think the players who have had a little break will do them good, and even the ones that. I think I spoke about Salah last week, wondering actually whether playing for him would have been better just because of this mad narrative around the fact that he's not scored and and is that being all over the place. And I just thought, you know, if whoever he's playing, um, if if he if he gets a goal, even if it's international, will that just I don't know change his mindset a little bit? Uh, I thought that could have potentially done him some good, but definitely Trent and Robertson, um, with with the amount the amount of work that they have to do for the side. I think that's only going to do them good staying here, uh, having a nice little cup of tea. I'm hoping Sadio, he played the other night for Senegal mm-hmm. on, a, on a pitch he was actively moaning about, but 
They think uh, Senegal have got a game Tuesday, and I'm hoping he's not, got nothing to do with. I think it's a friendly. I think the international managers have got to be sensible on this now. It seems certainly from the, the ones that have pulled out, like Klopp has been having a word either with mm. the international managers or the players anyway. So I'm sure if that is a friendly, they'll be clever about it in some regard. Paul, uh, 2019 has been fairly disjointed so far. There's been loads of gaps, partly because we haven't been involved in the FA Cup since basically the year began. Partly because um, there's just been sort of natural gaps in the season where we had a break before the first Munich game and stuff like that. They went on two training camps uh, in across sort of January, February time and they came back and the results weren't so positive. Uh, some supporters were, were not so happy about that because they thought, well, you know, if you're going on this break and having a rest, why aren't you better when you come back? Klopp was saying it's all about the long term and this will have a positive effect in April, if not, you know, the last week of January. Do you think that, that this break, and it is the final break before the end of the season now, do you think that will have done them good? I certainly thought that a couple of them looked a bit leggy at Craven Cottage. Yeah, yeah certainly. Um, I, I, in the Allianz Arena as well, I've seen very, very tired lads. Um, like, I was almost certain when Alden wouldn't start to Fulham, and th- then he did. So you'd, you'd go and, okay, these lads do need a break, and obviously the, some of them have gone and played proper international football, and they, for some reason they seem to enjoy it. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that the break has served them well. Um as you said, a lot of them seem to have had the ones not involved seem to have had a nice time. But I think now with with no gap, it's important that we can just get get rhythm from day one against Tottenham. Put up in a, put in a good performance, get three points at the weekend, and then just take let momentum take us through and hopefully bring two cups home. Rob, some players are going to be coming back as well uh, before the international break. Klopp gave a little update on both Joe Gomez and Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. I want to talk about Gomez first. Yeah. Uh, the quote from him from Klopp just before the break and, and all the players went off was, we expect him to be back after the international break in full training and then we see how long it takes. Uh, it's safe to say he'll be cautious bringing him back because he's been out for so long and he, he has an injury history, even if this one is, is an impact injury and it's kind of separate from them. He won't be rushing him in, partly because, yeah, he wants to do right by the player and not make sure that it's too soon, but also because, in the grand scheme of things, Joel Matip has performed quite steadfastly in his absence. Yeah, um, I mean, it's what I'm just trying to calculate. I think it's about 12-week, three-month injury. It's the beginning of December, late November, isn't it? Yeah, the Burnley goes, game, yeah. He, he drops out. On. So... You know, it ended up being something of a fracture, didn't it? So, But the, they'll know whether it's 100% healed or not, and whether he can go full mm-hmm. throttle. It's not so long out that he do, if he doesn't, if he has like a behind-closed-doors practice game or whatever. The only problem with defenders is you can't drop them in for two games for 10, 15, 20 minutes. You're either starting them or you're not. And, and it's hard to see where Klopp takes that kind of risk. He doesn't, for example, he might look really good in training this week, but he can't just drop him in against Tottenham. So if you can't drop him against Tottenham, then does he just drop him in at Southampton? All these games are too big at the moment. So it is a tricky one for the manager and I mean, the players probably has to be patient. As you said, does Joe, Joel Matip deserve to be dropped? He's done well, but I have to say, you know, I've now watched Joel Matip for two and a half years and he's not as good as Joe Gomez. The Joe Gomez I've seen in the last, well, specifically the last six months, but over, the, over his course of his Liverpool career. So you feel... Um, you feel that we did lose something when we lost Gomez. In fact, there's no doubt about it. We were defensively that bit more complete with Gomez in the team. But Klopp is going to have to be bold to decide whether or not he brings him back in. Makes me wonder whether his drop back in to get him minutes, if that's absolutely needed, whether he might even do it at right back. You know, where he doesn't he doesn't break up that that centre half partnership and and just tries to get some minutes in his legs, even if it's just a little 25-minute sub-appearance. Do you think he does that Sunday, though? Or do you think he's more likely that No, not necessarily Sunday. Maybe maybe Southampton. Yeah. I'd like to think if we could take a lead in something that maybe he can come and get him get him some match minutes at right-back or something. Yeah, I think he gets... I, I, I think Tottenham, he doesn't do it because mm. 
it, you know, even, it's too big. Even if you were three 0 up against Tottenham with twenty minutes to go, you'd be worried. You know, they get a goal and they put a bit of pressure on. Especially now, Watford's fit as well. But but I think Southampton, you know, my thoughts would be you try and give people players minutes there because that's where you maybe give fans like twenty minutes. You know, you, you're not sub massive. You, you sub fans like you give him twenty minutes because I think the mistake we made in thirteen fourteen is when games were won, we didn't take off key players and give them 10-15 minute rests. Mm. And I think Klopp does that a bit more with Mane and Firmino and stuff like that, but. You know, and Salah has added to him, but he, not not so much lately because he's trying to give him as many minutes to score. But I think you know you, you do that with players. You don't want it. You know, you'd hate to see like you know 88 minute, you're three and up against Southampton and Van Dijk, you know, jumps for the head and goes down on his ankle kind of thing. So you know that's where you'd like to give I think 20 minutes, and that's where he might he might get an opportunity. I think. Joel Matip has done well, Lizzie, and it's important to remember that, that Lovren is on his way back, and it's really not that long ago at all. He was playing in a European Cup final and World Cup final, and no one's questioning him. He was in the form of his life. Uh, he told but, us that, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Uh, and, every, and you know what? Everyone bought it. Everyone yeah, was fine best with them. Best in the world. Um, but I think we're all very aware that, that Virgil van Dijk and Joe Gomez is the long term. Uh, that's what we are hoping to see at the start of next season. It's what we're hoping to see in five seasons' time. Um, it would be very nice, wouldn't it, if they could finish this campaign playing together rather than having to wait until next August to get a run together again. It, it would be nice, but... At- I am a bit cautious of of break like Paul said breaking up the centre half partnership and I know you can rely on Gomez but he has been out for a long time you know he's he's still got to get match fit and I I would love nothing more than to see Gomez and Van Dijk as the long term Liverpool partnership but I don't know if that's going to happen and you know I had this argument with Andy Heaton he he said that he's had a lot of impact injuries rather than being hampered by the same injury which is a good point, but you know, there's been two big injuries now with Joe Gomez. Um and okay, the the different injuries and he's bounced back and he's been and he's being great. He really is a great player and and I'm hoping that this is sort of the end of it. But I don't know if you can rely on them I don't know if you can rely on Joe Gomez fully um because of that reason. But I would love nothing more to, to see them as the long term thing. But the end of this season in this running, we've got what seven games left in the league. Is that is that right? Seven mm-hmm. games. Uh, I I I think the right answer for me would probably be to slot him in at right back. I, I agree with Paul because um, obviously Trent's got a little bit of a niggle with his back injury, and um, I don't think you need to rest Matt up as such. I think you take Matt up out uh, after playing quite well. And what does that do for his confidence in the running? Going, yeah. actually, I don't, I don't believe in you. I'm going to put this lad back in, which might be the right decision because I think he's the best centre half. But what does it do to a player like Matip who goes, hold on a sec, I've been playing really well. Why are you dropping me, Paul? Um, it's a testament to the progress that has been made over the last sort of eighteen months in that position that we're looking at any of the four of them now and going, yeah, I'm all right with that. Uh, and even if Fabinho ends up getting put there for whatever reason at any point, you're saying, yeah, that's all right. He'll be good there. Compare that to where we were. December 2017 time before Virgil van Dijk comes in and you know it was panic stations we had three centre halves Ragnar Klavan was getting regular games we didn't have one on the bench the the level of change in that position I think is probably it, it's, it's probably the, the the biggest improvement I've seen in a position for Liverpool football club in that short space of time since I've been watching football I think I think it's obviously aided by the fact you can buy the most expensive mm-hmm. one of them ever um and the the difference he's made that I suppose the big test is the day that it's ever a prolonged period without 
without Van Dyke, and that's one one thing we're you know fortunate enough never to have gone through, and I never ever want to go through it. Um, but, but I don't mind. I, I, I don't Paul's mind. like imagining really dark moments of his life. Oh, <laughs> honestly, I'd be crying. Happy in, Monday, oh, <laughs> crying in showers and stuff. No, the um, the 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 thought of that isn't obviously a nice one, but the, the, I think we're at a place now where we've got confidence in the individuals again. Where that previously as a collective we we just didn't have. We didn't have it, so I think Lovren and Matter by the time we'd signed Van Dyke, we'd, we'd sort of had enough of that partnership. But I think it's something we could probably now live with for a short period if we had to. The the upside of that is is that we we all feel Joe Gomez it could potentially be one of the best centre outs in the world. So now we're now when we're talking about a potential Van Dyke missing, we can go well it's Gomez and one of Lovren and Matter, and I think that's that that's a good thing. But I don't want to see that in the next ten games. I think we, I think we saw enough with Gomez. I think, as you said, he could be one of the best in the world. I think he was a, a considerable level above uh, Matip and, and Lovren for me. Although the, Matip in particular has done well, Lovren's uh, had just been disrupted through injury. I've noticed without Gomez, we don't have a lot. Uh, Gomez actually does something which Carragher did for us for, for years. He throws himself on grenades. He's absolutely unbelievable yeah. like that. I mean, he did it early in the season against uh, Leicester, I think it was, where he did an incredible block. Mm-hmm. He does it in the derby where he gets one off the line. And there's several other examples. Matip and Lovren just do not do that. Van Dijk doesn't need to do that, but you need one lad who will do that. I think Stefan Oncho did it once upon a time for us. Carragher did it incredibly. Gomez has all the attributes, but he has that. He's a warrior. And I think there's going to be some big moments here and I wonder I wonder if we don't need to just take a risk on Joe Gomez I look back to the, the game uh, the Etihad, Etihad over Christmas and I don't think we let that goal in if Joe Gomez is in the side I think he's more concentrated than Dejan Lovren for example and I think there's one or two other key goals on the way I think we might not concede it with him in the side I think I think just between now and now and the end of May you've just got to get your best 11 lads on the pitch yeah. and you know whether whether he's 95% fit then fine I, I I wouldn't be worrying about Joel Matip's mentality I think that I think in football clubs it's known that there's a pecking order and as well as he's done he, he's been a sort of um, I think he needs to be commended on how well he's served as a deputy but he is a deputy mm-hmm. he's Joe Gomez's deputy now Joe Gomez is earned the right to be there just because some yard dog from Burnley breaks his breaks his leg or whatever doesn't mean that he shouldn't be back in the team when he's fit and firing, but only when he's fully fit. Uh, we're going to talk about Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. According to various uh, journalists on the Liverpool FC patch, including uh, David Lynch from The Standard, he also will be due back in full training uh, once the whole group is back following the international break um, and his, his long-term knee problem. He's been out for almost a year. Obviously, everyone's going to be delighted to have him back. People have been talking about him all season as, as, as some sort of missing link, even though people Liverpool have been playing very well. But Jay, I think it's it's very optimistic to think that he'll have a, a genuine effect on this season between now and the end because there's just so little of it left. Yeah, I I I, I think slightly contrast to say Gomez, who you would like to see back in the team because you'd like to see him playing, and his injury is very different. If you see Oxley Chamberlain or a big call for Oxley Chamberlain from the fans, because you'll see that when he's on the bench, you know the reaction he's going to get when he gets ten minutes is going to be you know, ridiculous almost. I think it shows that we're desperate rather than that, you know, it, it, it's controlled and it's managed and stuff like that. We'll be looking for Lovren, we'll be looking for Oxlade-Chamberlain, you know, if we really need, desperately need to go. It's a bit like, I'm not, they're not the same player, but it's a bit like bringing Aspas on in that Chelsea game, isn't it? That you're throwing, <laughs> that you're throwing every attacking player on the pitch to try mm. and make something happen. Mm. And I'd hate to, you know, I think 
you know, you'll get cameos from. I think the length of the season might be that if you get to Madrid, you you might be in the sem- Champions League semi-final, second like you're thinking Chamberlain, and then he's a he's an impact player from the bench in, in a final. But given his injury, you know, back being in full strain, it's very different, you know, than 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 playing football. And he'll, he, I suspect he will get minutes at some point. He'll be in or around the squad because it'll be a big boost, you know, to have a Chamberlain on the bench. He'll be on the bench in a game where you're thinking you've got to win, whether it's Chelsea or someone like that. That you know, if literally you're thinking, right, can we just put seven or eight attacking players on the pitch here and, and see what happens? You might do that, but I just don't think, you know, we're going to see Oxley Chamberlain playing regularly for Liverpool or you know, mm-hmm. planned in in the next few weeks. I think I've got to sort of slightly contradict myself on one of last said. I, I want us to see our best 11 players on the pitch, but I also want to see them on the pitch next season. And I, I think we can only play him when he's absolutely ready. And I think Jay's absolutely right. I think if there's big calls for him, things are going wrong. Um, because this this team should be, I think it should be able to beat everyone it faces between now and the end of the season, especially yeah. domestically. Um so I, I would be I'd be worried if there was a real clamour for Oxlade Chamberlain. I think we've got to just ease him back in. And don't get me wrong, if he hits the ground running and he's performing great, and, and you know he should be commended for getting back to this point and actually being available this season. So I'd like to see him get minutes, but I don't want him to be minutes as an absolute necessity. And I think one of the the, the pro- uh, difficulty for Chamberlain is that the clamour is not just for him, but what he did in the team prior to him, you know. Got being injured, mm. they getting the ball in midfield, turning and driving with it, mm. playing a pass or taking a shot. Kind of thing. We're missing that in midfield, and I think people might have looked at Lalana's form in the last couple of games and think he can do some of that. You know, we've all wanted Kaita to have done that, and he's not. I think we'll be thinking to ourselves, but, but you know, if we're really honest, we're seeking that from somebody rather than it just being Chamberlain. I think he's very good at doing it, but I think to expect him to come back into the Liverpool team and deliver that would be really unfair on him, and really, you know, and just unrealistic as well. Rob, his, his shadow was being cast over the season in a sense in that as, as soon as it was mentioned sort of towards the end of last summer that he could be back this season because first of all, we thought he was missing the entire campaign but ever since it's been a possibility that he'll get minutes this year whenever there's been a performance where Liverpool's midfield hasn't been totally on it or it's felt like there needed to be more of a link between the midfield and attack people bring him up and they start talking about him wondering when he's going to be back I think the most that we've missed him since he's been out though was in the European Cup final um, we only had three midfielders to choose from there he played so well in the campaign coming up to it I think this season yes it obviously would have been nice to have him it's a shame that the, the, the form he was on wasn't be, wasn't able to be capitalised on either as part of a World Cup team for England in the summer or once this campaign got underway with Liverpool but it's nice to not feel like you desperately need him because since that final where, where we did we, we were missing him terribly we've signed an extra three midfielders Fabinho Keita and Shaqiri uh, Adam Lallana's back in the fold from a position mm. where you thought he might have even left last summer, never mind this summer. It's good to be in a position where he feels like if he comes back at this stage, he's a bonus. We're not we're not sat there all crying out for him, thinking we need him to get over the line here. We've got other players that can play, not in exactly the same way, but a similar role with a similar level of effectiveness. Yeah, it's it's quite hard, actually, I think, to get Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain's importance into perspective. He went from being... Um, the perennial flop signing after three months. We now know Klopp knows better than all of us in this respect. We've seen the same with Fabinho and I'm sure we were with Keiter as well. Just to within a, two or three months becoming a very important player in the team. But he he reached a high level in some big games. The, the goals against City in is it the league and the, and, the, and the European Cup sort of exalted his reputation. But the day he went out of our season against Roma, 
I was gutted, gutted for the player, but I didn't think we had been derailed then. Of course, it would have been nice to have him. And you think about the European Cup final and go, God, if we'd had Salah and Chamberlain for the, for the entirety of that game, it might have been different. But I didn't fear going into this season without him. And I wasn't even that upset that we hadn't replaced him in someone like Fakir. Um, but the problem has been, as you, you and I were speaking before the show, is that it's not, well, we've hinted at it, it's not so much Chamberlain, is that those who might have fulfilled the role haven't done so yet. You can go Lalana, Shakiri, Keita. Any one of them could show between now and the season and make you Alex who, quite frankly. So Keita, uh, Chamberlain now comes into the mix as the lad we remember most fondly, but we don't know if he can do it because he's been injured or not. I'm not sure if he might not yet have something to contribute. The, the test, well, we don't know what they've seen in training. I'm I, reading between the lines, listening between the lines, the enthusiasm over his comeback. Klopp's been barely able to restrain himself. He's been going... Wow, the things he's, he's all but gone. Wow, the things he's doing. I think I could play him tomorrow. And all bit, there's a little bit of element of tongue in cheek about it. I'm not sure that the player is a little bit readier than we realise. Of course, there's going to be a gap between how ready he is in his head and how his body's prepared to respond. But if the two can coalesce, we'll see. Something big could happen. My, my thing on that, though, is I, you know, uh, as the amateur footballer that we all might be when you play footy with your mates, you know, you watch him in his Instagram clips and you watch him in saying, and you're like, He's on, he's on grass there, he's kicking a ball. What's he on about? He needs a bit of time, but it's just a level and it's being able to do it well for him. You know, I think that there was a few comments in the game he played that he played 40 odd minutes, didn't he, against Derby? Yeah. Was that the game largely passed him by because even at that level, it's the fine margins. That's what we that's what we see from him on Oxley James. That's what Liverpool need as players. We don't need a person on the pitch, we need a player that is on their game. And I think it'd be. You know, in a midfield, particularly we play a three now. We've gone back to playing a three. It's it's one less body in there, and you know, you you look around Milner, you know, Fabinho, when Aldam have played, you know, they're on their game. You don't see, you wouldn't want to take that risk. I'd like to see him get ten minutes here and there and build this thing back up because, as I say, I think he might have something to contribute in the latter stages of a Champions League. But I think in the league, particularly as pressure might tell, you're going to need every single player. Certainly, if you're, you're, you're front five, six, on it. It might like, be an adrenaline game in him, though, you know what I mean? Well, you know what I think there is, but I think that's like, you know, it's Barcelona away. Yeah, in the last half of the Champions, you know, last half an hour, it's 1 1, and you need a goal, and you're like, right, well, you know what? Come on, we're going to put Chamberlain on. That player's injured. We've got to play him. I think you get half an hour out of him there, and he's like, I can do 45 minutes in a, in a Champions League final. What do I say? We're going to do, we're going to keep you for the last half an hour of a Champions League final as well, mate, and possibly extra time. I think you get that out of him. Mm. I just think to expect them to come in and do it in a league where we're going to have, you know, I think Gomez can do it. I, th- I, don't, I don't think we will, but I think Gomez can because you'll get 20 minutes out of him, 30 minutes out of him, and he, you know, where he's got to be on his game the rest of the time, Liverpool are going to have the ball, so he's going to be fine. I think for Chamberlain, he's going to be a lot more involved and it'll take a lot more out of him. I, think, really I like. think the fixtures we're playing in, they're going to be such elite level as well between now and the end of the season. So much riding on it, especially especially in the European Cup where they are, you know, knockouts. I think you've got to have someone who can fully trust his body and know what he's yeah. capable of as well. And I think we've seen this with lads coming back in the past. I remember the conversations we had on these shows about Daniel Sturridge in the past and not quite knowing whether he had that sprint in him or whatnot. I just want, I don't want us to bring him back in it. And and be at the detriment of Liverpool, quite frankly, you know it, that he he comes on and he shies away from that that run or whatnot. Liverpool have got what seven games left in the league, a couple of games left in the Champions League to go and win, potentially win both of them. I think we've got to have lads who are absolutely ready to play and be 
as capable as all the others. I think you look at like as well, so Shakiri has been missing for a while and you wonder if this injury that is being picked up or the reason why he's not playing, if that's been an underlying thing and that's why Klopp's not been playing him and you know, Shakiri was hitting form. So you've got Shakiri, you've got Naby Kaiser who, who who's got the bit of a niggle of an injury. So if he's not if if it's down to literally the fact that he doesn't want to play them, but if he's not playing them because of that, it makes you think, well, why would he why would he risk Oxley Chamberlain? I think the fans are willing him willing him back, and rightfully so, but I don't think we'd be having this conversation if the the likes of Shakiri, Lalana, Kaita would have stepped up to that role the way that we'd hoped in certain games to produce certain results. I think we haven't really thought about Oxley Chamberlain until these players that we've sort of relied on and and thought could do a job haven't really been doing it as well as maybe Oxley Chamberlain done last season and I think we shouldn't pin our hopes on him but I think I'm excited for him to come back just to see him back because it was so unlucky the way that he finished that season in the way that he did I don't see Oxley Chamberlain coming back and and you know winning us the league I just see Oxley Chamberlain coming back and thinking to myself oh isn't it great that he's worked himself to this point Rob, lastly on this before we move on, I'm still very interested to see where Jadon Chikiri fits in all this sort mm. of midfield chat. Uh, he didn't go to international duty with Switzerland, as we mentioned earlier. Uh, I think the lack of 4-2-3-1 being played has done for him a bit since the turn of the year, but we all know the positive effect that he was having in the first half of the campaign. And I still feel like, I'm not sure where it comes, I'm not sure how he gets the game, but I still feel like he's got one big moment in between now and the end of the season. Yeah, I think we may come to see that we actually played him out of form he was his, his 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 best performances were all cameos from the bench, and it earned him starts. And the starts didn't suit him really. I don't think. Um, has he got one big moment in? Yes, although it's a little bit worrying when a manager is begins to not turn to you at all. And there have been occasions recently where you thought, why not? What, 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 why is he missing the opportunity to put Jordan in? Um, and, there's, and you know the, we're forgetting the squad's a lot fitter now. This is the fitest the squad has been. We've now got options. He's, he's Kaita's going to be fit the other side of the break. Shakiri himself will be fit. Lalana looks like he can do a job every time. As we said, Chamberlain's available. Uh, there's nothing wrong with Wijnaldum, Henderson, Milner, Fabinho. Every 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 fucker in midfield is available. So yes, he may have a big game in him, but uh, it's a, it's a, a positive sign of the times that he may not get the chance. Despite the international break, there was a match going on at Anfield over the weekend. Liverpool legends beat AC Milan by three goals to two. Sean Walsh and Andy Heaton went down. They had a chat to some of the Liverpool players in the mix zone afterwards. Here they are with a few clips from that. So, Jamie, back against Milan. After all this time. So you know, fuming your way when it went 2-2, or was that just me? No, I was fuming. Yeah, I wasn't happy. I thought uh, might have threw it away, as uh, obviously they did in Istanbul, if you like. But no, listen, I was thinking those games, it's nice and both, both teams getting the score sheet. It makes an exciting game and the crowd want to see goals. Uh, but of course, we know that feels we want to make sure Liverpool get the winning. Probably written, wasn't it, for Stevie to get the winner at the cop end? Well, we were just saying that before. If anyone was going to get it, it'd be him. And then in front of a full house for a fantastic foundation event that's raised loads of money. What a day. Have you enjoyed it? Oh, brilliant. I mean, it's just great to go out to, you know, our Anfield. But as I said, you're always mad for the fact that you don't want the game to not be a good game. You know, people come, a lot of young kids, they want to see goals at either end. And uh, as I said, the main thing is we raise a few quid. And I think, you know, what the foundation do. And lots of, you know, individual players uh, who are in the game, obviously now, the funds generated in the game through you know, the Premier League and different things. I think it's important that 
as a club and individuals, you're going to give a little bit back, and that's what today's about. It certainly looked competitive. There was a moment there on 52 minutes when I thought you were going to go steaming in and then pulled out at the last minute. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, a few times. I've been, I keep getting told by the lads that Inzaghi's not too happy with me because I caught him in the face in the first half, but that's probably par for the course in, uh, in the game against uh, Liverpool and Milan. Finally, two questions. First off, loads of talk about well, centre-half. You have loads of talk about Virgil van Dijk. Do you think he's the best centre-half in Europe at the minute? I do, actually, yeah. Uh, I think the performances give this year. I think he's been the best player in the Premier League. I'd be surprised if he doesn't win PFA Player of the Year. And uh, yeah, I think when he first signed, maybe raised eyebrows the amount. But I mean, if someone offers you double now, you probably wouldn't take it. That's how, that's how good he's been. And uh, yeah, delighted he's got him. And as I said, he's in a great age. And centre backs we know go on a little bit longer. So hopefully we'll see him for the next decade. Final question, and the big one, when it's so tight at the Premier League, are you still back at Liverpool for the title? Oh, of course, yeah. I think Liverpool are in a great position. City also. I don't think there's too much in, obviously, City in pole position. You'd have to make City favourites with them, you know, you know, doing it last season. But uh, I think if Liverpool can get through the next three or four games and still in the same position, then they've got a great chance. Um, I think the tempo of the game was quite uh, quite good and, and I can see that there, there were some younger players on the field as well. And, uh, that, uh, that they haven't stopped playing uh, seven, eight years ago. So, uh, so, but I keep myself fit. Uh, that I can eat and drink whatever I want and it doesn't show <laughs> so that's my motivation I don't I don't exercise for anything anymore yeah. but uh, but I sport was a big part of my life and I can't be without it but uh, I must say that that uh, it was a tough game I think uh, uh, I have it's a long time that I played in that kind of tempo so so, but I'm all right. Yeah, and this season like Van Dijk played very good, like the defending performance, and a lot of people said, okay, maybe he. Lots of people remind me and compare you become him as well. So yeah. I think I would I would be as good as him if I was quicker. Good to be back at Anfield today, still doing it. Yeah, great, mate. Yeah, it's really good to see you. Coming a big name in the punditry scene, showed you saw a few tricks up your sleeve on on the football pitch as well. Yeah, no, it was good to be back out there, you know, it was obviously good to see the fans having, having a good day and obviously it's nice to see so many old lads, so yeah, it's good to be back. And you know what it's like to be playing on the big stage for England and for Liverpool, you know, Trent Alexander-Arnold doing it as well, now what do you make of him? Yeah, he's been fantastic. Um, I just said to the guy down there, obviously he's got great potential and, and it's exciting what he can become. He's got plenty of time on his side. And you've watched think about Liverpool chance of winning the league this season. Rate them highly? Yeah, of course. Um, it's going to be tough to beat City, as we all know, but... Um, but I do think City will drop points, so hopefully Liverpool won't at the same time. I'm, uh, I love to score goals, so even you know for fun and for uh, uh, an important uh, game or even for a good cause like uh, the foundation, it's always uh, good for me to score goals. Always. Nice to be uh, back at Anfield today and for a good cause as well. Uh, it was hard. Tough, yeah. <laughs> I saw you try and point a tackle at one point and then pull out of it. But was that was that a result of the, yeah, of the game? Yeah, just you know when you're when you're not playing football anymore and you you don't do it every day. You only do it once a year. It's, it's your your body don't want the same thing as your head. No, that's the problem. And you know what it's like to be a top centre half for Liverpool. Virgil Van Dijk obviously pulling up a lot of trees for Liverpool this season as well. What have you made of him at Liverpool so far? Uh, yeah, uh, he was. Uh, it was definitely something uh, Liverpool needed, you know. Uh, I've been screaming about for, for a few years, you know, a good leader, a good footballer, uh, strong character. 
No, he's uh, he's definitely been important. Uh, but I think uh, a few players has. You know, this, 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 it's been a good, uh, a lot of good performances. And hopefully, a, a league title to celebrate at the end of it. What do you make of Liverpool's chances? Uh, if you asked me a few weeks ago, uh, I'll definitely say I was I was sure we'd do it. But you still say no. you're sure now. Uh, <laughs> I think it's more 50-50, you know, 50 /50. I, I watched a few of City games and they look strong, they look really strong, but uh, we all hope. Thanks to Sean and to Andy for that. Uh, we're back now in the studio talking about the Tottenham game and Lizzie, I think, first and foremost, it's nice to have a big one to come back to after a break like that. The atmosphere was great against Bournemouth and Watford, really good again against Burnley. I think it could go up a notch this weekend. I'm really, really looking forward to it. Oh, it's going to be booming. Um, and I know we keep saying each each game is is a cup final as such, but this, to me, even with Chelsea at home, um, if, if you're looking at it, if, if you zoom out and look at the games left, this is the biggest game of, of the league left. Um, and to play Spurs at home, I, I think Spurs as well, we can, we can get them at a time where they're, they're a very inconsistent at the minute and I think you don't know which spare side is going to turn up and you know they've they've been hit with a couple of injuries recently and, and they're trying to they they they've gone from fighting for the league to scrambling for top four now and I, I do think Spurs will get top four but all of a sudden their their narrative has changed this season and I think if we get one early, I think we can undo them. I really do. And I, I can't wait for this game. I really, really cannot wait for this game. Paul, uh, the reverse fixture at Wembley ends 2-1, but it's not a fair, ref fair reflection of the game at all. No. I don't think we totally control that against them. Completely held them at arm's length in a way that I think is rare to see. Uh, certainly between two teams that at that point are, are sort of at the same level and both fighting for the title. It felt like a moment early on in the season where we really set a marker down and showed that, that we're a seriously good football team and better than Tottenham. Yeah, very very much so. It was one of the games I think I would say I enjoyed most this season in terms of not necessarily the, the day or, or the, even the fixture, just in terms of where we placed ourselves among the pecking order in the Premier League. And it, it, it was a it was a statement because Tottenham have been, what, second, second or third for the last, I don't know how long, and they've had this thing where they finished above Liverpool for the, I don't know how many seasons. It's every year since twenty ten apart from uh, last year or something stupid like that. Yeah. Or something. Mm -hmm. yeah. So the um so for me it was important firstly to overhaul them because obviously we finished fourth last season. But now obviously we've been we've been uh, thrown into a title race and we're we're ahead of them. I think again this weekend I would like to just see Liverpool's dominance. Obviously I want the result as much as anything, but it'd be nice to see that like Tottenham have had a a dip, and I'd like to see Liverpool really go forward and go for the throat and just show that the so how far we've come in such a short space of time. Jay, the game last season at Anfield was a very irritating one in that I think again Liverpool were the better team, but ends up as a two-two draw. There's a very very late equaliser for Tottenham after we think we've won it. There's a couple of controversial goals. They get two penalties. Regardless of the fact that Liverpool are in a title challenge, regardless of the fact that they absolutely desperately need these three points, I think our players and our manager are absolutely desperate to right that wrong. Yeah, you'd, you'd expect them to say, look what happened last time. Mm -hmm. I'd expect Klopp to be saying, you know, it's not just about the moment, the league, where we're at. It's saying, you know, and, and, and sending a message. This is saying, you know, look what they done last time. Use that as a bit of inspiration. Don't apply pressure of, you know, City have won. City are, City are playing this week. City are playing at the weekend. Before, you know, don't apply any of that. This is your chance to go back out and show them lads who you should have got three points over last season that you can get three points over them. You're more than good enough. You're better than these. Go out there and show it. That, that you'd hope. Is it? I think 
and and I'd hope we do, we we have that kind of message or mentality because I think this game is you know the magnitude of it can't be underestimated. I think for lots of people, I, I think it's very easy for us to think well, you know, they're a big six rival, and you know, a, a point's not the worst, a two all draws not the worst, but it's it's the timing of this game. It's when it comes. It's the start of a running. You want to start that all guns blazing, and I'd hope that's in the players' minds a bit. Going to be you know a bit of. Oh yeah, Man City. You think you just you you, you think you've have um, you've gone past us now. Watch this. Here's a statement. We're going to go and do this. this it's going to, and then City have got to play Tottenham then. So I want City to that, be able to. We've got to match yeah. that. I want City to be thinking we've got to match this. It's like sudden death, isn't it? You yeah, know, yeah. you know, it's it's our game versus Tottenham versus their game versus Tottenham. We'll be looking to their game versus Tottenham where they can't win. You know, we need something from Tottenham. We need someone to stop. It's either Man United or or Tottenham that you're really pinning your hopes for. So we we have to deliver on our. On our part, we have to win, and then hope that Tottenham can do something in terms of giving us a favour. You can't, you, you can't talk anymore about let's take the pressure off the players. The pressure is on. This is it. This is, as you said, it's, mm. it's shit or bust time now. Um, City are likely to have beaten Fulham the day before, I yeah. think. Twelve thirty Saturday, Fulham. Yeah, so they're likely to have done that. They're likely to be a point ahead, equal games. And if we draw, if we draw, however honourable it feels on the day or un- unlucky, it'll it'll effectively have given them a three point lead, and we will feel majorly like we may- we will feel like we've blown it. The truth of the matter is, is that that's the point where we'll have to dust ourselves down if that happens and calm our nerves and go. Well, hang on a second, we have got one of these hard ones out of the way. That's not to say that winning it, winning it, you can go above your par. Your par on this city are looking at this game and thinking this is one Liverpool could drop I, points. I got a t- I got a taste of the feeling of dropping points for nine minutes against Fulham and it was a dark, dark no. place. I don't I don't yeah. want I don't want to step back into that again. We need to just keep winning. Especially especially this one at home, you know, as a, for all the points I've just made. But I, I, you know, I think the pressure might be good, especially on the back of this international break that you've got to deliver. You've got to go and get a result. Yeah, well it's, I got them the wrong way around. City obviously don't play this week because it's the international but they play they've had to squeeze that card of game in now, haven't they next week? Yeah. So it's it that puts it's it's that thing of Liverpool going gone now your turn City. Go on now, your turn. So we beat mm. Tottenham. You've got to beat these, but not only you've got to beat these, you've got to win in midweek. You know, we drew at Old Trafford, and we, you know, we've got disappointments about that game. But it's like, well, go on, you've got to go and play them. Balls you've in your court win, now, yeah. City, and you know, I think Robertson said something about this, didn't he? Saying, well, now that we're chasing, maybe it's slightly different. And I do think there's the stories to still be told and questions still to be asked of all teams. Liverpool have got a big question on Sunday, but I think if Liverpool answer that well, it's a hell of a question for Man City going into that week after. I think as well the fact that. And it might seem stupid, the fact that they're still in the FA Cup, because what Guardiola is asking of his team is something that one, a team has never done before, yeah. winning the quadruple. And believe me, he will be hammering home to those players that he wants all for. And I think, you know, we look at them as a bit of, not rivals, but obviously we're, we're, we're in contention with them in the league. It's a good thing that they're still in the FA Cup. Get as many minutes under their legs as possible. And like you said, it's just the mentality thing of, oh, we've got another game and another game. And it's just the, they don't get a break. None of their players will get a break because they will be constantly thinking, oh, what have we got next? Oh, it's a Champions League, then it's the FA Cup, then it's the league, but then it's back to the FA Cup. And he, he he will be heaping the pressure on them. We think Liverpool players will have pressure on them, but I don't think it'd be anything compared to what Guardiola's putting on that City team. Rob, Spurs have won just two of eight matches against the top six in the Premier League so far this season. They've got two to come away at City and away at Liverpool. They're also winless in the last four since they beat Leicester on February the 10th, which feels like a lifetime ago. But really, they haven't won any yeah, the haven't won, haven't won any since then. Form dictates as much as we, you know, Spurs are a big club and they're only one point behind us yeah. or two points behind us in the table going into it. 
form dictates Liverpool win this game. It does dictate Liverpool win the game. It might also, though, the only... What is it? A worry? I don't know. It'll dictate, I think, that Pochettino is a touch more cautious than he might naturally be. He might go, I just don't want to get beaten. Normally, I think I think on form, Tottenham go to... Tottenham, Tottenham's Poch, Pochettino's Tottenham, a fairly fearless outfit. They go to Anfield, regardless of whether they should or not, and think we can win this. I wonder if they go, we're going to be a lot cagier this time. That that 10 yards less deep, and that might make it a, not entirely the kind of game we want. Paul, uh, ostensibly, we obviously think of Tottenham as top opposition, but uh, we've only lost against them once since 2012, and it was that 4-1 at Wembley in 2017 where Dejan Lovren has the worst game of his life, and it feels <laughs> like the house of cards has fallen down around you. Aside from that, we've got a relatively good record against them. Do you think that... Because of some of the things that Rob's mentioned there, they always think that they can have a go. They always feel like they can go to toe-to-toe with Liverpool. They play a high line. They've got self-confidence going forward. Do you think that we suit playing against them in that sense? I think we suit playing the bigger clubs a lot of the time, especially the ones that are a bit more front foot. Um, and Tottenham have, have been very much that. And I sort of take your point, Rob, what, what you're saying about them maybe having to change the game and that point not being too bad. I just think, I think, I think that's always a hard sell. You know, I don't know how you tell Harry Kane that we're going to when they play two banks of four and you're not going to get much service today. We want you tracking back in the way that Bayern Munich sets up, for example. That being said, I think we just, we'll, if it's a real battle, Liverpool will have that extra gear because they want it more. You know, I don't think Champions Champions League football is, is a bigger motivation as potentially being league champions. So I'm just hoping that Liverpool do have to dig deep, they'll dig deeper than Tottenham. There is also there in the, their biggest matches are now in the Champions League, aren't they? So. They if you're you know that is it Barcelona they've got Barcelona haven't they? No. City. Oh sorry, they've got, City sorry, City they've, got, they've got City. Yeah, if you're saving your body for anything, you're, you're, those are the biggest games of your your career as a Tottenham. Especially player, now they're going into the new ground and they had the Test match there yesterday. And there's a, there's a lot of what what there's a there's a bit of a story for Tottenham now is to go yeah. and deliver the Champions League football, but also have these magical nights at the new ground. But they're, yeah. they're, sorry, sorry, Jay. Spurs are only a point ahead of Arsenal. Mm. Uh, you know, Arsenal are in They've fourth on sixty. Four points ahead of Chelsea in sixth. They're very, very close to just getting yeah. fucked off out of that top United four very are, quickly. Yeah, United are on fifty-eight points as well, and United, you know, they're on a decent run. They are. They're playing mm. well, and you know, they've got to fight for those points. So they're going to be coming to this. And they, do you know what? They will want to upset Liverpool's title chances. They will because probably the the majority of teams coming to to Liverpool will be doing the same. And I don't think you can underestimate them at the same time because I think the likes of, you know, you look at Hyungman's son, the way he's been playing this season. And, and and I think with Harry Kane being back, the two of them link up absolutely brilliantly, the two of them together when they're firing, they are fine and, and they, are formi- they are formidable. And, you know, that's when you sort of start going, oh God, you know, Joel Matter, you know, coming up against one of them. But you've just got to have faith in these lads. You know, they've done it before. They can do it again. I think they are the better team, but they haven't half got some players and we just need to be, we need to be sort of wary of Tottenham because like, I think you said they're the best attacking side that we'll probably come up against other than City. And I, I completely agree with that. Well, Paul, yeah, that's, that's the thing, isn't it? Even if we continue in the European Cup, and, and, and get to the semis and play either Barcelona or Manchester United and then whoever in a final. This is probably the biggest test our defence is going to have, I think, between now and the end of the season because like you possibly. lash all those players in together. They had a very poor result against Southampton, but Harry Kane and Deli Ali combined brilliantly for their goal. Uh, you lash in Christian Eriksen, Son Heung-min, I think, is the best player. There's a potential for a Lucas Moura or someone as well. This is the one where, you know, we've got an excellent defence, we've got the best defence in the league, but this is the one where it's going to be tested more than certainly in any other league game. 
You're playing, in my opinion, the best number nine in Europe. Um, and, and that's that's always going to be a, a thing. I, I remember the goal he scored at Anfield a couple of years ago. Where it, turn. Yeah, when there's nothing turn, in there. Yeah. And it's just a moment One of chance, goal. Yeah, one mm-hmm. chance goal. And that, that's all Harry Kane needs. And obviously you've got dead ball scenarios with Ericsson. You've got Son. You've got... Um, the other fellow who just mentioned him, it doesn't matter. Deli uh, Ali, yeah, yeah. Talent, talented footballers mm. basically. But the thing is, they're coming against equally and more talented footballers yeah. in Liverpool. And I think I think we should have too much for them this weekend. But you know, it's it is it is as hard a game as as you can possibly hope for. It's a harder game than Chelsea, I would say. I'm very wary of it, but I fancy us. Jay, Manito um, Pochettino will be sat in the main stand uh, using the Wi-Fi to WhatsApp down his messages. Or uh, the top Liverpool do what, like you know, the Wi-Fi is like for yeah. everybody else, i.e., crap. Well, he might actually, he might actually Don't have give him the password to the club. Yeah, he might actually have a Bluetooth headset because it seems to me that band oh, football managers are the only people on the planet that are still using Bluetooth headsets. <laughs> the entire, the entire, drivers, the entire industry relies on those two groups of people yeah, yeah. for so, a so living. Absolutely, <laughs> you still see them and you're like, mate, seriously, and then you remember obviously. Taxis don't have them fit. Um, but do you think the fact that he's not on the touchline, do you think the fact that he's up there, does, does that make a difference? I always find it hard to read anything. I, I think I think at this level, no. I think you know the, these are these are elite level footballers. You go onto the pitch, you know. How often, how many times do we see Klopp on the touchline screaming at a player and you're like, mate, he can't hear. You. I can hear, you, but he can't hear. You're already planking, yeah. So Pochettino being still on the touchline is not going to do any of that. He's going to get all his messages. I think it'll make a difference if the game goes away from them quickly. So if Liverpool made a fast start, I think it's very hard for a manager who's not there on the touchline speaking to his players you know having that little word and saying what's going on there and they're saying oh they've done this to us I think he'll see it but getting that message out quickly if Liverpool race to a 2-0 lead stops us doing a th- you know go, he, he can't react quick enough to stop it being 3-0 so you'll see it that way but I think by and large you know I'm expecting a really difficult game to be fair um, you know because I think Liverpool will have lots of pressure on themselves you know I've said that before about trying to remove some of it because I think you know we, we have to win this game. We have to to send that statement. And I think, you know, Spurs will know that. They're going to come and play football. They're not playing for the draw. They're going to be passing out from goal kicks and stuff like that. They're going to be inviting us on signing Kate's base because that's how they play football. So, you know, they'll think to themselves, they'll back themselves to get goals. They'll want to go into, you know, a Champions League with a, with a bit of confidence. So I think we've got to, you know, be ready to respond to that. I think Pochettino's going to have them set up there to say, you can go and win at Anfield. Sadio Mane, Rob, in particular, mm. has got a very good record of, of causing Tottenham problems. Uh, not, not necessarily scoring goals, but occupying them an awful lot and making things easy for those around him. Uh, he's on 11 and 11. More than anyone, I think they're going to be terrified of him going into this. Yeah, I mean, he's our four man at the moment. and it's, it's a good place for us to be in that they've got to decide who they prioritise, Sadio Mane or Mo Salah. Um, they've also got to think about our full-backs. It's interesting. It's an interesting. It's not a test to Sadio Mane. He's taken himself to a level now whereby the only place above it is world top three. Quite frankly, he's, you know, he's playing like a European top ten player at the moment. Then you go back six months. You know, those of us who were shouting that Sadio Mane was world class were going, "He's not quite that level." Well, I think he is world class, and I think he's the. He, I think he's the player who could decide the game on Sunday. Lizzie, uh, Mohamed Salah's best ever goal for Liverpool was scored in this fixture last year, in my opinion. Oh, I was um, going to say debatable, isn't and, it? Apparently the other Oh, it's so better. good, though. It's it incredible. Is, and it's such a shame that that goal doesn't win a match. Um, he hasn't scored in seven matches. It's his longest run without getting one for Liverpool. Is this the one where he turns it on and it all happens for him? He's been turning it on in other ways, though. Like, I, I don't buy into this, and I think the more we talk about it, probably the more frustrated he's going to get. 
Um, I'd hope. I reckon he's listening to this well, on the plane. Back. Is he listening? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> on the Did she not see that goal? I scored with that coconut. Fucking hell! Listen, Gail, that assist in Munich. Get over it. He's right in the on-field draft in the sand and Caribbean. I really do hope this is the game where he scores. But as long as other people are doing the business, I don't. I, I don't really mind. Like, if he plays a good game and doesn't score for me, that's absolutely fine. But he's open, he does score. And I think once he does, he all of a sudden, I think, will go on his own little run then. And I think that's what we all want to see. But at the end of the day, we the, the most important thing with this game is not that Mo Salah scores, it's that we get three points. Um, and I think that has to... I'm not saying that he won't have that mentality, but he needs to have that mentality as well because... For someone like him, who's such a prolific goal scorer, who's desperate to score, you know, there will be situations where, you know, he could be in on goal, but there's a better option to his left or to his right. And he needs to make sure that he is thinking of the three points and not Mo Salah getting a goal. And and I know that sounds harsh, but I really do hope he bags one, as we all do. But I don't think that's the most important thing about this game. It's all eyes on on Mane for me, is what I was going to say. You know, if Salah chips in fantastic but he he's currently our main man and as I think you're right in saying I think Tottenham will be uh, keeping an eye very much very firmly placed on him but if Salah can if they can have a little goal of the season competition together then I'm I'm game for that as well but I think Mane's benefited from people doubling up particularly in the season doubling up on Salah paying him lots of attention gives him a bit more space I think Salah can possibly benefit from this and whatever we say about Mane his current form and stuff like that if you had to say to me now right the ball falls to one person in the box they've got to take a first time shot to score I'm picking I'm, I'm Salah's main person I just think uh, it's not that doesn't go on forever whatever the form is if the ball's going to fall to someone in the box I want Salah to have that shot I just think these that and I think that's still his thing possibly for Tottenham for us Rob just before we go uh, we've mentioned City's next two in the league are Fulham and Cardiff City they're not going to falter in those two they're going to drop points between now and the end of the season, but I don't think it's coming in either of those two games. Liverpool simply have to keep pace by beating both Tottenham and Southampton. And this Tottenham game now, we can't understate it. I think this is one of, if not the biggest league games that I've witnessed in my lifetime. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure, Adolf. Eh, oh, you said man. before. Well, you felt for the hairs on the back of my neck there, Dan. <laughs> I think they're going to fuck up against Fulham. I've just got this hunch. Yeah. I'm not going to make myself watch it this time. I've watched so many City games recently. I fucking hate watching City. It's shite. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, I, we definitely have to take at least four points out of Tottenham and Southampton. It will feel like the end of the world if we don't win both. And we're all going to have to have a big, long chat with ourselves, uh, you know, and go, they can still throw this away because, we, as I said earlier, that we will have got... Actually, well, Tottenham, Tottenham home's a tough game left. Southampton away's not a gimme. Oh, I know, I know. Nice. No, it's not a gimme. So, whereas for them, Fulham away, Cardiff home are. So in terms of the, the par results, six points is the par. For us against Spurs and Southampton, I'd say four's the par. If we get over that, I'd say we're in rude health. And uh, and I'd, I'd back, well, I'd say we edge ahead of them as favourites if we get six. Right, that's about all we've got time for for this week's Anfield Wrap. Thank you very much to Rob, to Jay, to Paul and to Lizzie for joining me. Thank you to you for listening. As we mentioned before, this is one of the biggest periods in Liverpool's modern history. If you don't already, make sure to go to theanfieldwrap.com forward slash subscribe. Loads of podcasts, loads of videos on the YouTube channel will be coming out this week all about the games coming up, all about the Champions League ties as well in, in, in the offing. Um, but in the meantime, enjoy the rest of your week. Spend it dreaming of a league in European Cup double. That's what I'm going to do. Uh, all the best. Have a good one. Podcast Network.